Welcome to Maiden Speech. I'm your host, Monica Ferguson, self-worth and mindset coach and portrait photographer from New Zealand. And you are in the right place to get uplifted, empowered and inspired. I'm so lucky to have amazing guests come on and share their wisdom about all things related to personal development and being the best version of ourselves. I'm really passionate about reminding people that they are good enough and to have honest and vulnerable conversations where we connect on a real level and have lots of laughs. You can find me on Facebook at, at Monica Ferguson Coaching, where you can join my group for extra inspiration. And I'm also on Instagram at Mon 3.0. Thanks so much for being here and please reach out and connect. I'd love to hear from you. Let's get into it. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome back to Maiden Speech. Monica Ferguson here, back with my exceptional guest and friend, Kate Wright, who was on the podcast a little while ago. We created an episode called Eat the Cake, and she is this bomb business coach. She's based in Auckland, New Zealand. Incredible, incredible human. And this episode is a little bit different to normal, and I've said that before, but this one really is because... The whole concept behind it was real talk. It's wanting to have conversations where we actually realize that all of us are on the same page in terms of feeling the feels, having the struggles, being uncomfortable, dealing with stuff. 2020 has been a massive year and both of us are really passionate about, you know, mental well-being around actually making it okay to connect like this, to, to be vulnerable, to ask for help, to know that you are just as epic and awesome and powerful whether you're admitting that things are going on or not and so this episode is all about that it's all about certain experiences that have really triggered us this year how we've navigated some of those darker emotions and it's real it's not a it's not here to you know to be a motivational podcast for you it's here to help you feel connected and know that all of us are in the same boat together so I hope you guys enjoy it so much. I can't wait to have her back again. It is incredible to um, to have these sort of raw, frank conversations. And I just hope that it helps you guys so much. Let me know what resonates. And let me know, at the end of this podcast, we talk about going live and doing a stream where you guys can jump on and talk to us. Let me know if you'd be keen to do that and we'll jack it up. Hope you guys are awesome. Sending you heaps of love. Let's get into it. This is going to be so funny. I wish, um, I'm going to need a photo of your sunglasses because I wish everyone could see you right now. <laughs> They're my actual glasses. They're not <laughs> even sunglasses. Are they your actual glasses? That is so cool. Like I just retro. want to go through, yeah, I want to wear rose-tinted glasses. Why the fuck not? <laughs> oh, that is so good. Okay, now that brings me to my next piece. Like I was just saying, hello, audience. Welcome back, Kate Wright. Um. <laughs> We were just saying that there's going to be an excessive amount of swearing in this podcast. So if you don't like it, well. <laughs> Get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> she said it, not me. She said it, not me. But, um, Always yeah. ready to bring the profanity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, actually, I really want to get one of your t-shirts. Um, I'm actually going to oh. buy one of your t-shirts about if you're not shitting yourself, you're doing it wrong. Oh, funny. And then I got all these ideas about a whole series that I I know as well. And you go crazy. It's like <laughs> Yeah, I know. I can't stop making them. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. that'd be so good on a t shirt. Yeah, exactly. And I'm always saying that on this podcast. I'm always saying to people that would be a great point to put on a t shirt. And then I always yeah. thought it'd be so hilarious one day to actually go through, re listen to all my podcasts and all the times that I've said that and then actually print it on a t shirt. 
You totally should do it. My husband's got one that's got in big, big letters. It's black with white letters, and it says, I would prefer not to. My son got it for him, and he wears it, and I'm just like, oh, yeah. I love that. There was a, um, and then we'll actually get into the podcast, but are you, I, I'm guessing you're not into Friends, the TV show? Oh, I used to. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there was this one, like, Phoebe I love, right? And there was this yeah. one line, and I never forgot it, and, like, Monica asked her, um, can you do this for me? And she's like, oh, I wish I could, but I don't want to. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. That's such a good, instead of, you know, we're always talking about just say no, practice saying no, but actually, yeah. I don't, I just That's don't why you to. and I are friends, Monica, because <laughs> I wanted a friend called Monica. <laughs> yeah. That's the only yeah. reason until. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love friends. I was like, shit, a friend called Monica. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I got a new friend last year called Rachel. And oh, it, cool. It took Have me, we got a Phoebe? No, we need to find one. That's our yeah, mission now. Totally. And like, it took me so long to put that together, Rachel and Monica. Oh, really? And then one yeah. day she, like, way too long, like months we're talking. And then she sent me, um, like, a gift one day of Rachel and Monica. And I was like, oh, oh my God, just like this. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, are you just catching up? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Brown is my natural hair color, just saying. Oh. But anyway, <laughs> I feel like I should put my phone on Do Not Disturb. That would be a good plan, yes. Hold the line, please, caller. <laughs> yeah, all of our and guests should... can just hold, we'll put some elevator music on or something. Yeah, could you? Because I had, I had everything set up and then I switched devices. At... All right, guys. Well, Kate seems to have vanished or is she coming back now? But I'm going to start us off. Now, this podcast actually came from always from a desire to have real conversations with you guys um oh my gosh Kate's just dropped out you guys <laughs> oh I think ca- I, ca- I killed it in my back yeah you're back that's <laughs> all good did you talk amongst yourself for a wee yeah, bit I actually did okay. talk to myself I was just explaining <laughs> where like the topic of this particular podcast came from oh. one always both of us this real desire to discuss the real shit not mm-hmm. just a pretty end result with the perfect picture. Oh, yeah. We like to talk about the real stuff. And um, you and I, and I was thinking about this, how funny it is that we're not, we've never even met in real life. Well, I yet. forget that part. I know. Yeah, it's like our chats on Saturday. And I'm just like, like heart everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, it's just it's so easy. Like if I actually met you, I'd just be like, oh yeah, there's Kate. Like it, Yeah, or, same. <laughs> or it would be the opposite and it would be like a slow motion run. Oh, we run across the room. Like so hard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically. But um, yeah, and I was just sort of saying like, both of us very recently have done a massive public social media share about 20, oh my gosh, you guys, she's gone again. Anyway. Um, Recently. Okay, so we're recording again. Kate's finally come back. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me. So, <laughs> and you can talk now because I've been talking to myself. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, hi, hi everyone. Um, yeah, so we did. We've been just taking off the mask, I think, and because I think it can be really damaging to have all the whole everything's great and everything's awesome and no one's having any problems here, nothing to see here, move along. But actually, um, yeah, shit happens, and it happens to all of us, and it's more helpful and more empowering if we share it. Yeah. 
instead of pretending everything's fine. And I mean, I did that for years. I was pretending to be superwoman and people were like, oh my God, you're amazing. You're working and studying. You've got these children. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> they like, sort of killing myself at the same time. It's not a good idea. Yeah. It's so interesting. It how, yeah. And but how like gullible people are. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, if you smile, if you're good at smiling, as both of us would be, People just yep. think you're happy because you're smiling. Yes. Um, and I remember reading oh, years ago this, this quote that n- never left me. And it said, ask your strong friends how they are. Yes. And I thought, oh, because this honestly happened. Does this happen to you as well? Where everyone just thinks that you're the one that's always got it together. You're this powerhouse. You're so strong and every and happy all the time. And you've got no problems when you help everyone else. So no one ever thinks that you might need help. Mm, I don't know if that happens to me because I'm pretty loud. Like, I'll, if I'm having a problem and I need to share it, I'll just grab the nearest passerby and like, oh my god, I feel like this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please help me. But um, I'm thinking it about you. I was like, Monica's just so amazing and always like, and I was, I don't know, maybe relating that to each of us because I do. I show up and I smile. I put on my. If I have to go out and be my happy self, I can do that. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that the day before I wasn't sobbing on the floor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's really like where I wanted this conversation to come from because people do make that judgment about me. I've got a lot better at reaching out for help and telling that's people hard. when I'm struggling. I used to be yeah. so um I used to be so staunch and I always used to think it was funny. I always used to think that I was really vulnerable, but I wasn't. I mm. I would show up when it suited me. I would talk to people when it suited me I I would just isolate you know and so it's actually when I actually started to realize oh it actually takes like massive balls to say to someone I'm really struggling right now Mm -hmm. um and to let go of the shame and the judgment and all that kind of crap because that all that stuff that comes up like you feel like you're not good enough like you're and all these old stories that would come up like I'm weak I'm not strong enough I can't do it of course I can the reason we're often hitting this adversity is because we're so bold that we're so out of our comfort zone anyway and it's like well that should be celebrated actually oh cool we've got these problems we would have dreamed about these problems at the start like look how far we've come yeah yeah and I think that's true what you say about shame because I was thinking about it the other day about different types of adversity and different challenges and stuff. Yeah. And it's not it's not enough to say we're just going to be strong and smash through the challenges because it's a whole process. And I think, I was thinking about some of mine and it's in the beginning it's almost denial. I don't want to admit that I have a problem or that I'm struggling with anything because I'm a super mum, I'm freaking amazing, I know everything, you know, how could I be having a problem? everyone else doesn't have these problems and then so the first step I think is acceptance yeah I'm having a problem I'm struggling what do I do now and then um I was telling it to my son actually I was like the first step is acceptance and this the next one is reach out and find someone who understands you like someone who's probably going to say yeah I do that too but we do tell ourselves stories um, and you, you'll be like, oh, I'm sure no one else's teenager is doing this weird thing and acting like a three-year-old or like <laughs> no one else's business is struggling and not making any money or, um, you know, no one else is having this problem in their relationship. But it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's utter bullshit. And it's based on shame. Yeah. And, you know, like Brene Brown says that shame can only survive with darkness and being hidden. But as soon as you let it out and then you reach other people. So, Oh, I don't know how much I want to share. You always make me tell everything. (laughs) 
I get off the. I get off the head. I have a gun oh. to her head, even, even though we're in different cities. I know. I after this. I. This talk is how to you. <laughs> yeah, I know. After I talked to you, I go, shit, did I say that out loud? <laughs> but, um. It's all right, we'll take yeah. turns. We'll take turns today. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it is. It's really, it's, it's a, it takes strength to be that vulnerable because you're opening up your soft little underbelly and people could shame you or laugh at you or not understand or misunderstand and, or think that you're weak or, yeah. so I think you have to be careful who you share that stuff with. Oh, yes, that is so true. And so I shared yesterday, and I was just saying to you, because you haven't seen my my novel that I posted yesterday, but I shared it everywhere. And it was a post around um, just 2020. And like I talked to you about this on Saturday night, you know, Mm. I was in a long distance relationship with someone who um, just turned super toxic, manipulative, controlling. It was awful. And I didn't, Mm. I knew when I got out, I knew that it was time to go because I actually started to feel physically sick when I'd see his name show up on my phone. Wow. And then I got out and then some really gross, creepy stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Like like a, um, a package was delivered to my house under a fake name so that I'd open <gasps> it after I blocked oh. him on, on all platforms. And I just felt really violated and like, oh my God. Yeah. That is- and then like I heard that he was coming to my town and mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, is he going to show up here? And like, it was mm-hmm. just, it was this real violation of my trust. And I was like, well, that's, but that's kind of how it rolled because um, it was always about what he wanted, right? So mm-hmm. even when I say no, we're done, I've deleted you off everything, I haven't spoken to you, oh, but you want to talk to me, so you'll still find a way, even though I've said no. Anyway, so that mm-hmm. was like, but that was really interesting because the, the aftermath, I actually think, was way worse because it was right. when, I, when I started dating um, another guy, and I realized how much of that had really infiltrated into me, this sense of being worthless. And hmm. actually that but had gone under the radar. Like I hadn't noticed it, but that feeling of like, oh my God, this guy's way too good for me. What's he, what's he doing with me? And this is, here's my vulnerable share wow. part of it. This was insane. Like I could not believe that this even happened. I was out um, to dinner with new guy and some friends and this was when I realized, holy shit, that relationship was awful. And I can't believe I didn't notice. But it was just that gradual, gradual, gradual. Mm-hmm. So slow that I didn't notice. And so the waitress came over and the, the guy that I was with um, said to her, like, she, you know, she's like, do you guys need anything? And he said, oh, no, we're all good, mate. Thanks. And I remember, <gasps> feeling, and I remember feeling. Hold relief. on a minute. <laughs> no, no, no. I remember feeling relief because X used to flirt with the waitresses. Oh, <laughs> Like, in, in a really, like, a yeah. dodgy way in front of mm-hmm. me. And it was one of those things that he used to do to, like, to try and make me feel not good. Ah. And so this guy who, like, clearly was just like, yeah, mate, and he, all his attention was on me. And he's, you know, treating the waitresses as the waitresses, not as friends to flirt with and to banter with and stuff. And you were like, oh, wow. <laughs> totally. And the fact that I actually felt relief. And I was like, I can't even believe that happened. And I, we were talking about that in the weekend, the whole thing. Of, yeah dealing with narcissists and stuff and when you're this these strong woman and you run your own yes. businesses and you think how does that happen how mm-hmm. did that how did I allow that to happen well, how did that but, get into my yes. head and and just it's those little that slowly like chipping away and because it starts out mm. and it's so amazing and then it's just like one comment here and you kind of go oh it's probably just a bad day yes and you, you rationalize just, it for yeah, them yeah and you make a, allowances a hundred percent you're like oh it's probably this and then 
but then what I found too in this relationship was that um because I am a self-worth and mindset coach the more the more that I the more work the more personal development that I did for myself Mm. the stronger I got which meant the more likely I was to call him out on stuff and he Mm -hmm. did not like that and that's where the toxic stuff so he really had to rise up to try and squash me back down Uh, but yeah (laughs) we shall prevail you cannot squash us a hundred percent but that was the thing and so to kind of to look back and be like oh my god I didn't realize the impact of that relationship I know right and how how that was just one part and like I was meant to move to Auckland and I had my whole life mapped down I was so excited I had our whole lives together mapped out I know (laughs) (laughs) you never know but I'm like looking back now and I think oh my god that was such evidence of the universe having my back because I I did everything I could to try and make that all happen and it just wasn't happening yeah and do you think can we train can we warn other women or can we train our girls because um like it happened to me and I'm like how how you know like you you don't end up in abusive relationships when you're a strong independent smart intelligent woman Mm -hmm. you know but but you do this it's anyone that's not it's not yeah just as a thing that happens and it's insidious and gradual but you it probably unless you've got cycles that you need to look at more then it can happen maybe once yeah I reckon it's not happening again (laughs) (laughs) yeah so because then you learn you're like oh that's a science and next time somebody says something rude to you or something you're like what hold on where'd that come from it's a red flag and you go okay well that's strike one instead of going oh maybe he's having a bad day maybe I pissed him off too much maybe I'm talking too much maybe I should just pipe down you go wow that's kind of rude don't tell me to pipe down yeah. Uh, what's your problem? Like, oh, God forbid. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. That is so the thing. It's like, and well, what really freaked me out was that, like, I grew up in a really violent, like, abusive home. Yeah. And my stepdad, but, like, my stepdad was um, violent. Like, he used to beat my mum up and stuff. And so, and I remember as a little kid thinking, I will never be treated like this by a man. And so Uh what was interesting is like now that I trace back and I see how that's where that vulnerability thing where I legit just shut off. I put up all my walls and no one could get through. I thought I was being vulnerable. I wasn't. Like I had literally protected myself from anyone actually getting too close to me. But but then when that all happened, unfolded, I was just like, oh my God, that's way too close to home. Way too close to home. Okay, so we're back. This is very exciting. So this exciting. kicked us out. We've taken turns now, so I feel like it should be good, hopefully. Um, this, is good. this is so a random, just discussing all sorts of crazy things. Um, but maybe that's okay. I think <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to so, get back- yeah, you were, yeah, you were saying about how you grew up, and then you were like, this will never happen to me yeah and then I, I got very close when I realized because I didn't really realize when I was in it um and then yeah it was when I got out and I looked back and the more distance that I got the more I, I started having almost like flashbacks of certain moments mm. and just thinking what the oh yeah. my god that was so bad and I didn't and it was like this desire to like honestly be like a people pleaser and but also to avoid conflict that was the thing oh yeah he would behave so badly and then I'd get upset and then he'd be so cold to me 
and Mm -hmm. then he would just freeze me out and not speak to me and so then I in my desire to have some sort of peace would be calling back even though he's the one in the wrong I know what the hell yeah like and no other relationships have I ever been like that or no friendship or no no other person in my life would I behave like that with but for him for some reason I did yeah (laughs) it's insidious and it happens little by little and um I think it's similar to the bullying thing. Like I always tell my children that if anybody bullies you, like it, then they'll go, no, he just punched me in the arm. And I'm like, no, that's how it starts. Because they're checking to see if you're going to check them. And so if somebody punches you in the arm, you do something about it. Yeah. Actually, can I tell a story from when I was a little kid? <laughs> and like I was a complete numpty at school. I went to this tiny country school where there was no one in it. And I the only girl in my year, and I didn't know anything about anything. I was just like raised by a flax bush on the farm. <laughs> and anyway, so one of the six boys in my year was kicking me under the desk. And and I must have finally mentioned it. I didn't like it. And I said, stop it. And then I must have mentioned it to mum. And being a, the good Presbyterian she is, she said, oh, well, you know, you just have to turn the other cheek. And I was like, well, that's, what do you mean? I don't get it. Like, he's kicking me really hard on the shins under the desk, and it's in class, so I can't do anything about it. And it feels really bad to me, and it's making me want to cry. And then I went and told my dad, and he said, Katie, you kick him, and you kick him as hard as you can yeah. back next time he does it, and you'll only have to do it once. And I thought, well, what do I do with these two conflicting pieces of advice? And he kicked it really fucking hurts. I kicked back. Sam Gray, if you're listening, you asshole. <laughs> but he never did it again. Yeah. I kicked him really freaking hard, and he never did it again. And I think that's how we need to be sometimes because otherwise you let one thing happen it's like anything right if we see people um doing microaggressions to people or freezing some people out or excluding them we can't let that happen even in the smallest way mm-hmm. or you know because that just grows and grows and grows and we kind of all ignore it and pretend it's not happening and then before you know it you're living in some kind of horrible place that doesn't isn't nice to exist yeah yeah That's- and i yeah. yeah, and I think that's the thing, you know, to come back to what you are saying before around how do we avoid it. Well, this is one of the things that comes from a situation like this. You learn to set boundaries like mm-hmm. nobody's business. Like, you yeah. suddenly, it's like the biggest wake-up call. It's like the universe just punches yes. you in the face and says, yeah. oi. And so that's the thing. It's like out of this, it, honestly, it does turn you into a warrior where mm-hmm. all of a sudden your standards for what you're willing to accept for like and you become so aware as well of like okay is this acceptable um no (laughs) actually so I'm going to speak up about it here are my boundaries um if you cross them then there will be consequences yes but we don't get there without going through the shit part where we're all broken apart and we're crying and we're going oh my god I must be a piece of shit then because look at me now and you crawl through that muddy pit of self-pity and despair and what the fuck to get there it's not like we just go oh no adversity you, you're not going to have any you know you're not going to yeah. do me in and we stand up and put on our capes and fly off yeah. it's it, you get there through that whole shit storm I think yeah so my my ex psycho was um really mm-hmm. possessive and jealous and everything and then uh, so when I met who I'm now married to <laughs> I wanted to test him because I had boundaries and I needed to test him and I, so we, we used to go out with groups of friends drinking and everything. And I would dance with everyone else except him. <laughs> and I would 
I was just testing him. I wanted to see if there were any red flags and any jealousy. And that's, I think, one of the successes of our relationship now is that we trust each other. Like, we've both been overseas on our own on, you know, study tour and everything. And we just don't, I mean, no relationship is is bulletproof. I, I honestly don't believe that anybody should believe nothing will ever go wrong with their relationship. But um, trust, yeah. And I tested his boundaries because had he shown an inkling of, possessiveness or jealousy there was no freaking way I would ever see him again yeah 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 and that's the thing I think too that um that the lessons and stuff after coming through a situation like this they take months as well because it's yes. like the the waves like the first wave I got out the first thing that happened was relief actually I got out and I was like oh yes and yeah. then but then you go through all the motions and and it's quite confusing as well because it's like I found myself, well, in the beginning, I, I had, like, anger, and then I had sadness, yeah. and then I had all these feelings of feeling, like, worthless, and, like, how could you treat me like this when you promised me the world, and you said that all these things, and what is, yeah, exactly like you said, what does this mean about me? What does this say yeah. about me? And then all my old stories and my old triggers and stuff would come up, and this was what I, was I wrote about in my, my massive announcement post yesterday, you know, yeah. that um, this, the whole, my whole future plan, this, like, narcissist, the losing both my grandmothers this year and oh. then doing but doing all this work on myself the triggers that have come up have been immense and my triggers are around abandonment so oh. and rejection right so yeah cool so let's get abandoned so like when he when the person that says to you oh, i want to marry you well, let's plan out our family and like all this kind oh. of stuff and you're like okay and yeah i'm moving cities for you turns are and then you you know you think oh my god how can that even be and because yeah. it's, it followed a pattern right of like all these other people and also my brain was like well this is what happens because ah, you know you're not worthy because everyone abandons you because no one loves you because everyone who tells you they yeah. love you will hurt you because you're mm -hmm. nothing you know and so like all that yeah. stuff and you're just like and then it's months later when you kind of have this epiphany of like what the like yeah <laughs> and yeah. I think it takes it does it takes years and you'll still I still remember things now and I think oh my god yeah. that did happen to me and I remember the time <laughs> and you I think you remember it for a reason because you're later going to process it when something comes up and you go oh my gosh yeah that is what that was because yes. your brain just can't quite figure it out until I don't know sometimes years later yeah I love that and I think that is so important to understand is that the, um, our brain will bring stuff up when it's time to heal it. Like these things aren't random. When we start having flashbacks to certain things, it's always connected to an emotion. So yes. and so as the more that yeah. I the more that I have healed, like I said, boom, these are the goals. This is what I'm calling in. This is what I'm going for. So I was like, okay, here's all the stuff that's in the way. Remember all this unresolved heal, like stuff that you've still got to heal from that relationship. Here it is, and you're like, Ooh! and I've had yeah. so, and so it's like, oh my god. And so then I'd have dreams where I'd have flashbacks to certain things that had happened. And then, um, honestly, one of the worst moments this year, even in my entire life, like I couldn't. I was like, I saw this might sound a little bit dramatic, but it was like mm -hmm. I could see myself outside of my body, looking at myself, and I knew how painful it was. Like it was just this bizarre thing where so my my nana like both my nanas passed away this year my nana um sorry that's oh. yeah 2020 yay right <laughs> it all adds yeah. to the fun um so at my nana's funeral like I come from a really big family um my mom is like one of six and so I've got a gazillion cousins and stuff and 
pretty much everyone there had partners and I was there mm. single, and my mum was in the States because of COVID and I was there by myself at oh. my Nana's funeral and I was just like and so talk about this as I'm healing all the stuff around feeling abandoned yeah and I walk out like because we're in the front with the family and we walk out and everyone had someone and I walked out into the car park and I had no one and I was just like oh my god like talk about trigger trigger right. abandonment much and I was just standing in this car park like crying. I, know. I want to come and hug you I know and then it was awful it was so awful and then like afterwards you know the family went to this bar and I sat in my car for like half an hour and I didn't even want to get out and I was like I don't want to face anyone like I'm you know and it was just like yeah. dealing with all this stuff and it was like that was the second then it'd go and then ah oh, it was just it's mental like how all these things stack up but it's um and then like the yeah the healing stuff within me that was like the grief but then all these triggers of um yeah unworthiness and um abandonment and rejection and like honestly depression I went so low so low and and I was just like what actually is the point like I had moments where I I really felt like what is the point like everything that you know and you get all dramatic and I mean it it feels real to you in the moment so uh, yeah where it was like well literally everyone that I love leaves me I'm always going to be alone why do I try so hard why do I continue to love people and everyone hurts me you know it was like all that kind of stuff I'm going to die alone like get some cats and whatever you know (laughs) all that kind of stuff and it's but it's like the the rawness of that and while all these things are happening at once and yeah like it was just so immense this what's the turning point honestly because it's rock bottom rock bottom it's very easy to stay in that I'm a piece of shit mode it's so easy and sometimes it could be like a troll on the internet or a nasty comment or something that you made up in your own fucking brain that didn't even happen because you're like, oh, Monica didn't text me back because she thinks I'm a piece of shit and she's actually laughing with all her friends about me when really that's not true. It's just a story your brain tells you. Yeah. My, my brain didn't tell me that exact story. It's just an example. <laughs> but um, like, and then you're like, I am a piece of shit. Everything confirms it. And you can easily stay there because, yeah. I don't know, it's comfortable in some ways. It serves us because we don't have to then anything yeah yeah so so what is the turning point like because I've been speaking about this with a few people in my life and it's just interesting like and people say things like well you just gotta get up and go for a walk and I'm like no fuck you I want to die yeah yes Uh, Yes. take your walk and jam it up your ass I'm (laughs) like like that's just feels like toxic positivity fuck off like at the moment I'm struggling to you know get off the floor or or just take a goddamn shower. So mm-hmm. you can take your walk and jam it, but thank you for your concern. What? Oh, this is what I was thinking about before we spoke. What we really need, I think, in those moments is just for someone to hear us. I don't know if I said this last time we spoke, but we need someone to hear us and go, oh, that sounds like you're feeling X, Y, Z, and reflect it back to you. Yeah. And then you go, yes, thank fuck. Someone knows what I'm experiencing. Yeah. And maybe has been there before. Yeah. And it's it's like with little kids, if they fall over and hurt themselves and they, they've really hurt their knee and they're crying, like, but, you know, the, the world is a horrible place for them in that three seconds until they realize, you know, just a graze and they'll be fine. But in that three seconds, you go, oh, you don't go, well, get up and dust yourself off because that just makes me want to punch people when I see them doing that. Yeah. Oh, that's violent. Sorry, I shouldn't do that. <laughs> but what they need to say is, 
oh, ow, that really stings. I bet that really hurts right now. Yeah. And the kid will stop crying because they'll go, oh, you get me. Yeah, it yeah. does actually, but I'm okay. They'll be the one to go, actually, I can pull myself together, I'm okay. But if you either ignore them or just go, I'll pull yourself together and toughen up, that'll make them cry even more because they're just going to feel so alone. That's one of the things about reaching out for help, isn't it? You're no longer alone. Or just reaching out and saying, look, this is what I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. Can anybody relate? Yes, oh my God, I have so much to say on this. <laughs> I have so much to say. Um. Oh, so many good things in there. So many. The first thing I think your so to go back to your initial point around what is the turning point? I think uh, for me, I've had several, depending on the level that I've been at, I've had different things that have helped me to get out of it. The the first time that I really, because like depression has been something, I mean, for God's sake, like, you know, in this conversation alone, you know, I grew up in a super violent house, you know, mm-hmm. um, like, I, I mean, of course, you're going to struggle with some stuff like that until, you know, it's like, so that has been kind yeah. of a recurring thing that I've learned to manage. Um, mm. I don't like labels, though, so I don't like to actually say I have depression because I don't own that. I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. like, it's like, in moments I experience it. Yes. But anyway, segue. Um, the first time that I really, really hit rock bottom, it was after like my brother had died and my parents had moved to the States and I was in New Zealand by myself and I was turning into an alcoholic and, uh, <laughs> and, um, I got really close to suicide, like really, really close. And like I'd mm. written my letters and I knew who I was going to give them to and all that kind of stuff. And, um, what got me out was I had a couple of friends who worked, so I'd studied mental health at that point. And because um, I wanted to be a counsellor and I'd say mm. this mental health qualification, I was too young to get into the counselling course. So I had this mental health qualification instead. Um, and then I ended up getting a job. Um, I moved towns. A couple of friends of mine were part of, uh, I used to work for Pathways, this organisation that yeah. um, supports people in the community with who experience mental illness and stuff. And they were setting up a new office in the Kapiti Coast, right by the beach. And they said, hey, mm. why don't you come? And two of my best friends were there. And I was like, yep. So, okay, so I, I moved to the beach. I started. And so my whole life was about supporting others. Oh, yes. And that's a great way because your whole life, your whole focus becomes around how can I improve? How can I help you? And like yeah. I walked on the beach every day and I just became so well so quickly because of oh. that. That was the yeah. first thing. And and because also when you feel, when you have this purpose and this sense of um, yeah, meaning, it's like, yes. whereas, but I didn't before. So that was like, that was the first thing. I think this time though, I had a, um, I had a much clearer sense of identity. And because I do so much of this mindset stuff, I typically don't stay in that state of, I'm unworthy for very long because I don't really believe mm. it. It's kind of like yeah. once, once I allow that emotion to pass, I'm like, what a load of shit. Like, that's not real. Yeah. Like, I have this very clear vision in my head of who I am and what I'm here to do. So that inevitably comes back. But I feel like one of the most important things for people is to, um, like, avoid the toxic positivity, like you say. Oh, toxic yeah. positivity is such a waste of time. And I feel like one of the, the biggest things that um, – is flawed is that like it's not real it's like we're not encouraged we're not taught how to manage our emotions how it's okay to feel like we're meant to feel things but we're we're taught that if you feel sad something's wrong so have a beer take some medication go distract yourself mask it with something but don't for god's sake do not feel what you feel no why do we do that (laughs) why have we 
evolved that way because it's crazy. I mean, a lot of those feelings are uncomfortable. I guess it's sort of, hmm. where, you know, if you can if you can avoid them, but it's just pretend. That's it. But they're there. Like the gold is in them. It's like if we know that those feelings are coming up for a reason because it's time to let stuff go. On the other side of those feelings is liberation, is strength, are um, is self awareness that you didn't have before. It's you're learning the lessons from that toxic relationship so that you're then yes. in a position to call in the relationship you actually want and you you're strong enough to hold those boundaries because you now know what you deserve. It's like, but if we never do that work, then we never actually yes. evolve <laughs> plus you can know that you got you hit rock bottom and you thought you know the you just hit complete rock bottom but now look at you you're not at rock bottom anymore so you can hit rock bottom and rebound in your own way whatever that takes and that i think is really empowering yeah like yeah, yeah rather than saying no i've never had anything you know i've had my ups and downs but i'm fine um it's less empowering than yeah actually i had this really vulnerable time and this is what it was like and I let myself get there because I know I can get out again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I love what you said about having the right people to reach out to. Um, because yeah. if you like, man, if you reach out to the wrong person, oh, it's not good. And I've experienced with that. Um, but then I have also, my friends are my life. And so I actually sent out about a month ago, a group message to my closest friends. And I said, heads up (laughs) like I'm actually not doing very well right now and the messages that came back I sat on my couch and I just cried what they said to me was you know what you're like the most ambitious driven like worthy person we know we absolutely believe in you yep you're going through a hard time but it's only because you know like you've got big goals and of course you're going to get through this and we're here for you and we love you that's what all of them reflected back to me and it was like oh that's what you need I don't want you to fix it I just want no. to know that I'm supported. I don't need you to yeah. do anything. Just have my back. Just be there. You know? yes. <laughs> it's really annoying when people want to fix it for you. They're like, oh, well, can you do, you know, like I, I'm feeling really depressed yeah. about this or I'm really struggling with this thing right now. And then they, there's some people who maybe do want to share that part of your life, but that uh, you're not going to share it with them in particular because they're the ones who are going to go, well, maybe you just need to do X, Y, Z or have you thought about this or that? Can you join something? And I'm like, <laughs> okay what that wasn't what that was for it was just so that you could understand where I'm at right now yeah and I'll get onto that right after I delete you off Facebook (laughs) what's that like yeah and I'll get right onto that right after I delete you off Facebook (laughs) because we're not friends anymore (laughs) yeah (laughs) pretty much yeah Yeah, and it's it's interesting yeah some of the best support I've ever had is from random like really niche um Facebook groups so I'm in some really special ones and that like there's one for rare diseases for children that is oh my gosh just amazing like the most amazing support at the time when you really really need it from strangers you've never met but they know what you're going through or what you're dealing with and they've been there and that's amazing to me that's incredible it's just there's and no one else can understand that exact same thing yeah. And then I'm in groups like these are really hilarious menopause group <laughs> that I've been in denial for the longest time and I'm like, oh fuck. I joined this really hilarious one where they're just so funny. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know whether to leave because this is disturbing or stay because it's just hilarious. But um yeah, and finding support in 
unexpected places. It's not necessarily always your family or immediate people. It could be it could be people like that. Like I'm in an ADHD group where we go, we go. Has anybody else got like this one pile of laundry that just stays on the floor for weeks and weeks? And <laughs> we're like, yeah, we all have that. <laughs> oh my god! On that, this is so random, but I um I saved. So my thing, Facebook groups. I'm in this meme group. I am in all yeah. these meme groups, right? Because I just laugh. This makes me laugh all the time. Anyway, I saw this meme. Someone posted this meme yesterday. And it says, it's Joe Rogan, you know, from Fear oh, yes. Yeah. And it says, for this next challenge, you're going to have to wash and fold your laundry in the same day. was <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Exactly. I'm not allowed to do laundry in our house anymore because I turn it on and then I, my brain just ticks it off. It's done. And then my husband's like, why is there wet laundry in the machine? I'm like, oh. I did that two days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't touch the washing. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. So yeah, but I think it, it is, it's reaching out to the right people and keeping looking if you don't find what you need and don't let fear or shame stop you. That was a post I did the other day mm. and said, like I was giving some results of a small business owner and since they've been working with me, oh, they've just done such cool things, not because of me, because of them, but we just tweaked some things. And um, But yes, because of you as well. Well, No, I'm that. Come on, come on. Well, no, it's not. It's just because we tweaked the right things. and Because we, because you had a role in that, though. Okay. okay. But it's her that did it. She's already amazing. And, and then I was just reporting <laughs> that, and I said, like, I could help you do that too if you want to, hit me up kind of thing. And then I said, I don't actually care. Like, I had given numbers, and I don't really like those numbers posts. Like, make $6 million in five minutes. And so I said, I don't care if you're not making any money in your business. Hit me up, and let's change that, because don't let shame be the thing that stops you. And Mm. I did get responses, because I I just think a lot of times we do let shame stop us. Like, we tell ourselves that. It reminds me of Embarrassing Bodies. You know that TV program? Yeah. And people go there, and they're like, oh, this is really embarrassing, but I've got this really weird lump on my ass. And they're like, okay, so how long have you been dealing with this? And and they'll say, oh, 20 years. And I was like, why didn't you tell someone? Because this is not normal. And the people are like, well, I don't know. It's just a bit embarrassed, really. And they've been just putting up with something they didn't need to put up with, and it's, like, fixed. Yeah. And they've been walking around with something weird for 20 years and they didn't need to. Yeah. So that's why I want people not to feel shame. We shouldn't have to feel shame yeah. about whatever it is that we're doing, whether it's stuff with our kids or yeah. businesses or relationships or anything. Just like yeah. there's someone going through it. Yeah, totally agree. And I feel like that's the power of these conversations is that but that's the whole point of it, to take the shame off. Like it's actually okay to feel all the human emotions. Like, what the hell? Yeah. That we've got to show up online only perfect, or that we feel like people will judge us. But actually, it's the exact opposite. No one judges you when you share your shit. Everyone's like, oh, my God, no. me too. Thank Everyone. God. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God someone else said it. But it's like, I think there's this huge thing, and I often talk about vulnerability, like you know, Queen, Brene Brown. Yeah. But the whole thing, I feel like there's so much shame still around mm-hmm. vulnerability. Like, it makes you weak. And it's like, I'm sorry, I've never read a post like that from someone who revealed, hey, this is what I've been going through. But when it comes from, if it comes from a victim thing, that's not, that's different. Yeah, that's different. But when it comes from, this is what I've been going through. And the intention is to share it, like just to share it. And and it helps someone else. That is the most powerful. That is so attractive. Like Mm -hmm. there is nothing more amazing than a person that is 
comfortable and like, or not even comfortable, but able or willing yeah. to share like yeah. that. That's um, a good one for a t-shirt. Like I tell people, people will sometimes joke and go, oh my God, my business, I'm such a shit show. And I'm like, everyone's a shit show. Behind the scenes, everyone's a shit show. So don't worry about it. That's the, name of the, that's the name of the podcast. <laughs> I think that's everyone's what I was going to call our last one. And then right. I did it. Everyone is a shit show. Yeah. Well, it. they kind of are behind the scenes. Like, I mean, there's that other thing, like we're waiting for this time when nothing nothing bad will be happening like there won't be any um problems to overcome and we can just sort of sit around on our chaise lounge and you know sip tea but there's that day is never here because there's always going to be a grandma that might die and there's always going to be mm. issues with relationships or things you have to solve or challenges you have to overcome so i don't know why i feel like i haven't I'm like i'm waiting for this day when i can relax <laughs> like i should just relax today because there's always going to be challenges yeah. There's no magic day when you're perfectly ready or all done or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I guarantee there's going to be another curveball thrown at you at some point. So, yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. The shame thing is really interesting too because it's, it's interesting how we deal with things that are, like I was just reflecting then on how I feel about, say, my grandma's passing versus that relationship. And I just realized then – there is a little bit of shame still sitting within me in terms oh. of like beating myself up. Like, why did I allow that? You know, like blame, well, blame and shame, yeah. even though. Oh, like, blame. Yeah. But there's like, there's a difference between taking responsibility for my role, but then also being really compassionate with myself. Cause actually that was a narcissist. Like that's not okay. Oh, you know, that's not, yeah. That's not, not okay. No. And like, because why was I young when I got involved in, yeah, and I was like, I don't even know what this is. I don't know what this is, but it seems weird and wrong. But in, uh, yet, at other yeah. times, it's so good. Yeah. So we're, we're just not told how to deal with that stuff. So, yeah, we do have to be really compassionate with ourselves. Yeah, and because the, yeah. the words and the actions don't align, so it's so confusing. So you can't really get – it was like there's never a foundation. Yeah, like it was so hard to make sense oh. of what it was, right? You're like – but this has happened, which is so, oh, yeah. so and amazing. That's what they drive on. The grand gestures, and it's so romantic and amazing. But then you, oh, but then this happened. But then it's like you get to that point of just wanting peace. Like yeah. the, the moments I didn't feel anxious, I was like, oh, yes. It was like almost like I'd do anything to get to mm-hmm. that Yes, because they were keeping you on tenterhooks all the time, and you don't know, because they're unpredictable, you don't know what's going to happen next. That is just so, yeah. That's yeah. really, that'll keep you confused and anxious which is what they want because then they can control you but that comes back to boundaries that's making me think about um a post i saw the other day and it was a person with a business and somebody was going give me free stuff and i'll promote it for you and they were like just didn't have any you know because we're all on our own journey through figuring this shit out so and they didn't have any words or any way of backing that up and going well hold on how many followers have you got where are you going to promote it how are you going to promote it and what's in it for me mm-hmm. and got themselves into this awkward situation conversation where somebody was just trying to get free stuff from them and and I was like sometimes <laughs> we just need the words so if people had commented and said you can say thank you very much for your interest we're not doing that at this time but I'll let you know when we are but that's just without their words to say or the feeling behind it they were getting backed into a corner and had reached out for help which is amazing and good. And I guess that's how you learn. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So we've got, we've got themes, haven't we? We've got acknowledgement, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, asking for help. We've got um, 
like admitting that it is a problem and stopping pretending yeah. and then deciding who you want to share it with because you don't have to share it with the whole world and go around telling everyone, oh my God, I'm a shit show, but you can pick certain people. So it's reaching out to the right people. And, and if you're on the other end of it, it's about reflecting back to them. Don't fix it. We don't need to fix everybody's. You, it's okay to feel not okay. Yeah. And yeah. I think this is the most important thing. And I feel like this is probably one of the things that you and I are on earth for is to help people know that it's okay to feel what they feel. Because I honestly, it's squashed. It's squashed down. Like I, I'm, oh, getting, yeah. I'm getting flashbacks to even when I worked in mental health. And for example, uh, I was a little bit rebellious because I thought it was... Oh, no way. <laughs> the, way. the way they conducted it was just ridiculous. It was all about getting contracts, right? Getting mm. contracts. And um, and like they brought out this, this like 25-page document that they wanted us to fill out for each client every... Oh. 30 days or really three months oh gosh and it was but it was really invasive it was like zero to ten how happy are you with your sex life your relationships your health your what are your goals and we worked with the top three percent of unwell people in the country so people were coming in and out of hospital i'm sorry this yeah. person just attempted suicide i'm not gonna try and let's talk about your goals how sex <laughs> yeah you know and it's like you're on all these medicate like these medications anyway that all yeah. these things impact like but it's like how, how rude like i'm a support worker and like you say you know oh yeah just get up and you should be exercising you should be doing this no i'm oh. not gonna tell you shit what do you mm. want like what mm -hmm. do you and what are the things that i used to find out my job with everyone was to um find out what made them really happy no matter what how big or small it was and that's actually how yeah. I discovered photography was that I would support my clients to go on photo shoots and do creative things and things that lit them up because you don't like I'm not motivated to get up and clean my house and have a shower when I have nowhere to go and nothing to do but if I've got something that I'm really excited by like I'm going to the movies then I'm going to get up and get dressed yeah. you know it's like yeah. but the it's most like, simplest of things that's it it's like not oh, I'm gonna yeah i have to be held to the standard and then i no it's, it's like people just don't get viewed as human and that's it when someone tries to fix you and says oh you just need to exercise more you just need to have a good night's sleep you don't know what i need actually. yeah right now i just need someone to listen and see me <laughs> or hold me or feed me ice cream whatever the fuck it is that's <laughs> what i need right now <laughs> like um i was just trying i was if my face looked funny I was having a small epiphany while you were saying that like if you're in that situation with a, a mental health situation and you yeah are coming at them with a bunch of questions or can you still hear me you're frozen yeah oh. I can the um, internet sorry guys the internet today has been shocking but we're persevering terrible yeah we are <laughs> um and then and they they don't want a, a, a bunch of questions for from you or um any fix it ideas they just want to be heard and that made me think that the first step then is say in that one-on-one -on -one situation you saying i've been here like i have cried on the bathroom floor and then they can kind of relax and understand and then share more so the first step is those those like what you you your post under the rainbow about all that stuff and it just gives people permission. I mean, I, know, I knew this logically, but I'm just kind of seeing it in a different way now. Yeah. But um, it gives people permission and to say the scary things. Like, as a as a pretend upstanding member of society, um, it's not really socially acceptable to say, or maybe it is more so now, but it, 
it didn't feel socially acceptable for me to go holy fuck this parenting gig is really fucking hard like is any like i want to run away not be, like my husband's wonderful i love him he's amazing and my kids too but i would like to run away please and just go and live in las vegas and take all the drugs and drink all the alcohol because this is really hard for me i'm finding it really hard to be structured and then yeah, it was very difficult. I couldn't find anyone around me who was like that. And then I found a few very special, beautiful friends who were like, oh, my God, yes, I get it. <laughs> like, this is not what we signed. This is kind of just, I don't know, more challenging for some types of people. But, yeah, that's about finding the right person again, isn't it? Mm -hmm. and, the, and, the, and, and being brave about that stuff, it may not be – I mean, a lot of parenting groups might go, oh, that's terrible. But being brave and saying, well, this is my lived experience – it doesn't make me a worse person. I'm not bad. I'm just different. Yeah. And then the other people can go, oh, thank God she said it because yeah. that's how I feel. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And it comes back to that shame thing. When we stop shaming ourselves, we actually become a force to be reckoned with. Because when we have the ability to become aware of, okay, this is actually how I feel, and then we're able to share it. That's how this happens. Yeah. All, all of a sudden, we're having these conversations, you know, and, like for me, it's so funny, like mental health has become such a, like a, a core motivator for me in terms of wanting to change it in this country. And I look back and, you know, the whole Steve Jobs thing about you can't connect the dots looking forward. And I, I see my path and how it's all kind of ended up here. And I'm like, whoa, because when I left, when I left my mental health job, I was just like, sayonara i'll never come back <laughs> this is this is absolute bullshit you know yeah um and yet i've ended up you know since leaving like you know creating a podcast to have these sort of conversations creating yeah. my whole business is around having conversations around real stuff i'm writing a book about it for god's sake right now you know it's like this real desire to connect to people in a real way and just like to sit on a podcast and talk about having moments of feeling suicidal this is not mm. socially acceptable and like again no. you could look at my positive posts on facebook and be like oh it's all real but if this is a thing i want people to understand all of that is real like yes. the highs the lows. yes you have moments of just such despair it's part of being human and then you have moments of seeing how incredible life is it's yes. not one or the other it's not it's not a lie it's all true it's all real and it's all there to be felt and experienced and I think that is the most important thing that we stop shaming those feelings and being like oh it's because I have depression My, like I saw the other day like I have this real thing about labels as well especially mm -hmm. when it comes to emotions like this that the way that people claim it and own it, like it bugs me because it's like, you know, you've programmed your brain. You're like, I have depression. I experience depression. I'm every day going to act like someone who has depression and talk like someone. No, you're a human who's experiencing some shit yeah. right now. And it's like, but it can't leave you if you own it, if you hold on to it, you know? I am depression. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And it's like, that's that might sound so brutal, but as someone who got very close to suicide multiple times as a teenager I feel like mm. I'm more qualified than anyone to say that you know it doesn't have to be that way but we that's we, true yeah I think yeah. it's true of of some of the mental health other mental health labels or things like um you know even ADHD oh I can't do that I've got ADHD it's like well I fucking can but I'm probably going to find it really challenging mm -hmm. but I'm going to push through so, yeah, using them as an excuse or the whole victim thing, that's a whole different thing, isn't it? Yeah. But I, why, do we, why do we feel, why did we go there from um, just owning up to stuff? 
is it why do I don't think any less of people when they own up to stuff I think oh thank god me too the courage I admire people so much the courage to to have the awareness for one to be bold enough to be honest with yourself about this is what I feel with yourself first yes. yes to with yourself and then to have the courage to share it with others there is like I was saying before there's nothing more attractive than that it doesn't matter what that is but if you have the like the balls to sit with yourself and be like okay this is actually what's going on for me right now and then if it is, I need, like, I really want to talk to someone. I really want some support. Or I'm actually just going to share this in case it encourages someone else. There is nothing yeah. sexier. Like, Especially <laughs> the, or funnier sometimes, like the embarrassing stuff that these menopausal women are saying about their hoo-hahs. Yeah. I'm like, I would never tell anyone that. But then I'm like, oh, that's actually really fucking fun. <laughs> but not. And so we kind of laugh, cry together. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's, it's. <laughs> It's, it's saying it out loud, I think, takes away its magic. takes away its, like, power to yeah. make you depressed. Yeah. It, it totally does. It has no power at all when you're, like, but even within yourself, you know, if you're, if you're sitting at home, uh, like, as I was recently, and just everything went wrong, like, my whole life yeah. legit just crumbled. And I was just, like, I feel, like, abs- well, actually, in the beginning, as I was kind of going down, I was trying to be mm. kind of like, what's the lesson here? I'm going to meditate. I'm going to be optimistic. And mm-hmm. then I got to I'm going to stop it happening. Yeah. And then I got to the point where I was like, hang on. The, the best thing I can do for myself right now is to just accept what's going on. Yeah. Just stop trying. When, when it felt like effort, I was trying to be positive. Like I was mm-hmm. trying to find the lesson. Actually, what I needed was for it to let it crumble. I needed to give myself permission to be like, holy shit, this is horrendous, and I actually don't know if I can cope. Yes. Because that didn't didn't last long, but it's the, as soon as you acknowledge it, you're like. It's true in that moment. Yeah. And And then you realize, of course I can cope, I will, I always have, I always do. Yeah. But right now it feels like maybe I can't. Yeah. That's okay. And I honestly feel like the greatest act of self-love is to be honest with ourselves. Like, I feel like there's nothing to allow ourselves to honestly feel what is going on for us is the greatest act of self-love. Because so often mm. we don't, we push it away or we downplay it. Like my friend who um, I've done a podcast with, she she works a lot with um, trauma and, count- and counseling mm. and stuff. And she just put up this thing about myth. Um, you know, like people downplay their trauma because someone else has it worse. And, like, that's the sort of thing we do. We dismiss, you know, like, we do. oh, well, someone else had that happen to them. So I, I don't have permission to feel what I'm feeling now because I get that one has a lot. worse life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we have to justify. How dare I think that, how dare I be upset by this thing that I'm going through when there are so many more people with less than me or struggling with bigger shit than that? Yeah. Yes. I get that one badly. Yeah. I'm like, Kate, shut up and get on. Yep. <laughs> yeah but then sometimes I'm like oh my god I just need to tell I'm really fucking struggling here mm-hmm. just need to reach out and tap someone on the shoulder and let them know yeah yeah I'm finding this really freaking hard yeah totally and I mean I'd be curious to hear uh, you know your kind of mental process around this because I know for me like I never felt comfortable talking like this for quite a while and it's only like in the last few months where I've sort of realized that actually like the courage like 
firstly the impact that it creates, but also that it's only the strongest people that can have these conversations. Are you I see this evolution yeah. in you, actually, and in me in a parallel universe, kind yeah. of at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's like I used to be so scared that um, it would make me look weak to yeah, share same. this stuff. But I'm like, who why are they going to? Why yes. would someone come to me as a coach if? I have shit in my own life, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not perfect, I can't reveal that to people, I need it, and I'm like, nah, fuck that, honestly. But it's actually like, really liberating, because it removes all the crap, like, this is what you get, what you see is what you get, this is the real me, yeah. Um, yeah. this is this is just how it rolls, Yeah. and, and it's it, really liberating. Yes, and it's like, but if you were hiring, even, for example, if you were hiring a coach, wouldn't you feel way more comfortable going to a coach? And I mean, this is why I hired my coach. Why? Because she shares the process. She shares her own journey. Yeah. She shares the highs and the lows. And it's not from a place of being a victim. It's this empowered, like I'm choosing to log off, like go offline for two days because I'm working through this. And I look at that and I'm like, yes, what an example of that's what it looks like to love yourself, to look after yourself. That's what it looks like to lead. That's ah. Yes, no. actually, that's why I take pictures of, like, sleeping, I, I'll always make jokes about sleeping in the sun with my dog, because that, that like, uh, I just, it drives me crazy when people are doing, I mean, walking is great and eating healthy, don't, I'm not pissing on that, I'm just saying, sometimes the answer is to go and lie on the couch and sleep, but we all make big song and dance about it, same as how we do about eating the cake, yeah. take the fucking nap, eat the goddamn cake, take the days off, like, <laughs> Why are people trying so hard to push through to this thing that isn't really answer. a thing? I have what an answer to that. It's Why? Because, it's because we hustle for our worthiness. It's oh, worthy. So I want to have another conversation with you all about worthiness and unworthiness because yeah. I feel like I don't really get it. I mean, I do, but I don't. <laughs> Like, why are we pushing? Why are we? Who are we trying to prove shit to? Everyone else and ourselves, because we don't believe that we're worthy. That's the thing. So this is, and this is um, one of the things, right? When it comes to ego, is if we think that I actually just put a post up about this just before this podcast. That um, legit, I wrote. Go back and watch that. But um, I talked about how we are. I'm actually going to read this post to you right now because I feel like isn't that interesting timing that that happened to pop into my head right. Okay, this is what so, I wrote. Because I, because I happily eat the cake and go and lay in the sun, does that mean I have good worthiness <laughs> sometimes? Yes, yes. Oh, yay me. <laughs> and only it takes someone who um, understands that their worth doesn't come from what they achieve that can actually do that. So this is what I wrote. It's not your fault if you feel like you're not good enough. Think about it. You're raised in a society that makes a lot of money off you striving for the feeling oh. of completeness that you think is outside of yourself. You're raised in a culture that tells you to be the same as everyone else, even though we were each literally designed to be one of a kind. Someone explain that to me, please. You're raised to believe that your worth comes from what you do, what you have, and what other people think of you. Oh, and then if you have the audacity to actually appreciate yourself, tall poppy kicks in and asks, who do you think you are to be so up yourself? And then I rant, Mm. you know, and then I talk about that. But that's the thing. Like, we think that it's when we hit that goal in our business, when we get the relationship, when we get the house, when we get that money, that mm-hmm. we will feel happy. And it's not external. And that's that's why. Like that's why we're constantly hustling because we feel when we feel productive, we feel like well, it's okay. You know, people quite often just Yeah, because I'm striving really hard. Yeah. And then I'll feel complete when I reach this goal or that goal or when I lose ten pounds or when I've been for ten runs every day. Or and I'm just like, I don't get that. Like yeah. just 
that the, you, you can be compliant and still do all those things. Well, that's the thing, and you'll do those things so much better when you've actually taken time to, like, A, be honest with yourself. What do I actually feel like I need right now? A nap and some cake, actually. Yeah, you know? I always and, need that. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but having said that, it doesn't mean that I don't also suffer from imposter syndrome and have all those same thoughts that everyone else has, like, oh, who am I to be doing this? And oh, I'm not good enough for this. I'm not qualified. Although, you, you know, you are. Like, I always do that with yeah. people, and I say, can you just write down some evidence to refute that? And then they'll write down this whole big list and this whole massive CV and everything. I'm like, well, you probably are, you know? Um, <laughs> but but our brains play tricks on us. Yeah. 100% they do. I mean, that's the thing. And it's like when we understand that, that the external stuff is never going to give us that result that we think it's going to give us. The moment we decide, like, I am enough. You know, I used to do this as a photographer. Like, in the beginning, I used to be um, – like I look back at my work now when I and when I was starting out and I think, oh my god, I thought this was absolute shit at the time and it's so good. Like I look back mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh my god, these are beautiful portraits. But at the time, I was like, okay, my business isn't working because I don't know enough because I'm not a good enough photographer. Oh yeah. So, so I'm just gonna buy a bunch more courses. I'm gonna mm-hmm. rebrand. I'll build a better website. I'll do all the things. But the moment yeah. that I actually nothing changes. No, nah, the moment that I actually thought, okay look at the impact that I create for people. When I can show people their beauty in a way that makes them cry on the back of a camera, why would I ever stop myself from doing that? Or do a course. Why why would I let my own ego get in the way when this is actually what I'm doing? This is the evidence, you know? I think that's a skill too. I don't know what it's called, but it's like forgetting about the whole world, well, the whole thing, and then just getting it down to... Like, I don't have to tackle the whole world and be, you know, have hundreds of thousands of followers. I just have to help that one person mm-hmm. and, or that handful of people and just do that. Just, just focus on that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that is though, because I think we do get distracted with all the big shiny things and I have to, oh, I have to do that and I have to achieve this and all of yeah. the things which are just completely putting you off track. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's having, well, I mean, for me anyway, I found it useful to have both. So I do have the vision of like all the big stuff, saving the world kind of thing. But I also have come to understand the power of being present. So like, Mm. as I go into a client call or a shoot, I'm like, right, how can I make this like the best experience for them, you know, and I Uh I think about them and like all these things and then you leave and you're like, yes. And then you get an email. Like I just, when I, you know, when I, when I checked my phone before, I've got a message from my client today and it's like, that's awesome. And it's like, that's enough to be present with that, to be grateful for the opportunity to get to do that. That this was, there was a moment. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I'm not even trying. I just, it's so natural. I'm in flow and it's just so amazing and so cool. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. But it wasn't effort. I wasn't working or trying or yeah. or trying to prove anything or be anyone. I was just doing what I do. Yeah. And that, we just need to hold on to that. Yeah. That's it what almost, I'm trying to do. Yeah. And it feels like it almost comes back to shame, though. Like, it's like we, we shame ourselves. If we, if we start getting caught up in that big picture thing, it's like saying to ourselves, we're not enough because we're not there yet. And that's that. Then it becomes this thing of resistance, whereas if we're – and like, yeah. I, I think if we have the big vision, this is what I found anyway, if we have a big vision, and not everyone needs to have one, actually, no one needs to have, you know, whatever no. that is for you, 
who doesn't even matter what that is but your dream for your life that might be living on a farm with a bunch of horses like who cares mm-hmm. that if that's your dream awesome smash it but it's like having that big dream but then the wor- this is where the worthiness bit kicks in I think because that's what enables you to be present because that's what enables you to stop hustling for the external stuff to validate you and that's where that sense of pressure comes from I think when you know who I am now is enough that's what enables you to be fully present with your client and in flow because you're not in the back of your head going okay but I have to do this I have to earn this much money this month or achieve this or I have to make that happen you're like no I'm good and you're present you know (laughs) and it's because I'm helping someone else so how I always say like I am at my best if you've got a problem because I love solving problems and then I forget whatever the fuck yeah I forget myself and I just get into it and (laughs) and that's where I'm at my best and that goes back to what you said before which is um when we feel like crap sometimes the best is now way in any small way is to just go how can I help someone else because then it changes your thing from fuck I'm useless and everything's shit to I think I can just help them with that one small thing yeah 100% yep and honestly I mean that's what Tony Robbins says right the secret to living is giving and it's not just like a (laughs) yeah I can't listen to his voice it's too raspy I'm like "Ah, turn it off (laughs) yeah I hear you but he just knows too much so I Oh, I love that. Even back in my mental health days, clients who were up for it, I would always support them to volunteer for that exact reason. Yes. The key, the key to their wellness, because it, it puts you in this state, like if we're either in abundance or scarcity. You have to forget about yourself. Yeah. But also it puts you in an abundant frame of mind because you can't yep. give if you're scarce. So the mm-hmm. fact that you're giving is a statement that you're abundant. So it's like, yeah, you get out of your own story. Um <laughs> And that's the thing, Every, everyone should be mentoring someone in some way. Everyone can be a mentor. I don't yeah. care what it is that you know. You might know how to get rid of that bloody laundry pile or <laughs> make amazing muffins or trim a tree. Like, I don't care what it is, but everyone can teach someone something. Yeah, mm. definitely. Yes. Did we yeah. solve the world? <laughs> I mean, we're pretty close, surely. Like. <laughs> surely my how long have we been talking for because like cut in and out I've only I could keep going I could literally talk to you all day like literally I know I, know, I could too and like I kind of knew that this would go off on tangents but I kind of like this I feel like it's just like a coffee so do I. it's real talk it's um yeah it's not a structured chat like as you guys can hear it's I enjoy I think yeah and that's us being in flow isn't it and we're not holding up to some sort of standard of what what it's meant to be yeah and I, and I also think that it's such a powerful example that you can, like, every single person is going through stuff. It's just we don't talk about it. And it's the same thing. Yeah. This, is, this is where my whole mission around self-worth came from, that every single person would come into my studio and tell me why they weren't good enough, why they were too big, why they weren't attractive oh. enough, why they were too old. And I was like, what the hell? Like, every single person feels the same, but everyone thinks that everyone else has got their act together. Yes, and it was just right. like, no, <laughs> come back to the topic of this podcast. Everyone is a shit show. <laughs> yes, I grew up with that. My mum, like, she didn't like clothes shopping, but it, the occasional times that we went together, she would end up telling the shop assistant all about why her hips are so big and, oh, I don't have very good shape and I can't wear those because they look terrible. I'm like, could you stop saying that to that woman? Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so now I think I'm 
vehemently the other way. I'm like, got a big ass. If you don't like it, that's not your problem. It's my ass. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so, the thing. And it's like everyone, it doesn't matter what you do, everyone feels the same stuff. And it's like even, you know, look at celebrities and stuff like that. When you watch documentaries yeah. about their lives and um, like I watched, I just watched one about J-Lo on iTunes and it, was, oh. it, it covered the time when she was getting divorced from Mark Anthony. Mm-hmm. and it showed her world tour and stuff and I love it because it just makes people human every mm. single person in the world that we all idolize and it's like every single person or like the documentary about um Ed Sheeran when he was writing and like recording that uh album is it Multiply? Don't know and there's one about Katy oh, yeah. Perry as well yeah yeah and it's like they're all human they're all experiencing like all these things that we've talked about those emotions Listen to the music. Katy Perry wrote a whole album oh, yeah. about wanting to kill herself. Like, mm. you know, it's like, but yeah. so it's not, a, it, we're not special because we feel dark emotions where it makes us the same as everyone else. It's only no one saying it. And it drives me bananas because you look at our stats in this country for mental health. It's yes. not working. You look at the, the, every time I hear about a teenager who's taken their own life, mm-hmm. it makes me want to be sick. I'm just like, mm-hmm. How does that happen? Well, because no one talks about it. No one makes it okay that actually even celebrities feel like that. Literally everyone feels like that, but we're all walking around with a stupid mask on trying to make everyone else think that we're perfect. It makes no sense, like, at all. It doesn't make any sense, and you've made me think back to the little town that I come from where there was a really big problem. Mm -hmm. And such a shame. Like, that's what the one thing that always occurs to me. I'm like, I wish somebody had told them it's going to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. We need to talk about this more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We do. I mean, honestly, I'm going to turn my whole life into this mission because oh. I've I found, too, that, you know, like, you know, every now and then you kind of have this revelation about yourself and you're like, oh, I think that's part of my mission. I think that's part of what I'm here for. And I, I feel like this um making it okay to feel emotions and all of the emotions and like I'm, I'm just reading at the moment um the power of now but you can't tell mm-hmm. and it's like you know when you think about the present moment it's it's so true if you're feeling pain and you acknowledge the pain the pain goes away very quickly it's about the acknowledgement but it's it's like you've got to have the courage to feel the pain. That's the thing. And that's what we don't talk about. And so we feel pain and we're like, something's wrong. No, it's pain. That's all. But it'll go. But the resistance, the trying to avoid it, the going to get drunk instead, the calling your ex-boyfriend so you don't have to Mm. be alone with this pain is what causes the issues and it holds us back. But we're not taught this stuff. We're taught algebra instead. Like, what the heck? (laughs) Oh, God, I know. Oh, that I could talk about for weeks. I'm like, dude, that's not helpful. Um, I used to be a lifeline counsellor. Did you? Yeah, because I wanted to be a counsellor too. I did the pre the pre thing to get into it, and then I freaked myself out and didn't. <laughs> and But but I'm having – I'm kind of doing this whole thing as well. I don't know. We might be twins because, um, <laughs> like, I do the business side of business, but a lot of it is the, the permission to be a shit show side of business as well or – um, yeah, a lot of the mindset stuff and I can't remember what I was going to say. It was kind of important. <laughs> but I've forgotten. It'll like, come back. It'll come back. <laughs> what did you just say? Um, oh, the acknowledgement. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and then just having so, so the the lifeline thing came up because sometimes you don't even like there's nothing to do for the person except be there, and that's what a lifeline was. Literally just listening, reflecting. Sometimes a reframe if they're getting into too much of a victim mode, or like figuring out what what is the risk here. But really, just being there. And why does it have to be on Lifeline? Mm-hmm. It's a good service, but why can't it be elsewhere? Yeah, yeah. That's it. And I, because I think that in itself is going to cause problems because people don't want to go. Oh, like there's all the stigma still around. Totally. Even the phrase mental health. I don't even like that. It's like everyone's got it's just your health it's your well-being it yes it just is like it's not you can't compartmentalize these things you know? we don't go around saying oh yes she's having a problem with her physical health do yeah. we <laughs> like dude she's got a broken leg or she's yeah whatever yeah she's really suffering in her emotional health right now like what the f- <laughs> just yeah but her spiritual health is fine <laughs> yeah yeah i know it's ridiculous it is it's compl- and especially when you actually start to understand how like all the happy chemicals come from our gut anyway. Yes. So it's like it's all freaking connected, man. Like that's, I know. Oh. I don't know how many times I've been telling doctors that. Like they don't. Oh my gosh. I mean, I love. Oh, I've got a really good doctor and police them, and they do wonderful work. But there was this one time when my little boy was in hospital and he had some heart thing, but we were in the liver department. <laughs> and then I said, I think he said that this is giving him some heart palpitations, and and he said, Oh, I don't, I just do livers. <laughs> And I was like, close enough, yeah. Okay, then. we'll just we'll just keep that one to ourselves then. But yeah, like in connecting it with stress and all of those the hormonal stuff and and everything. Yeah, so much work to be done. But you, I, I love that we're having this conversation, and you're going to keep having like the most amazing conversations, like you do. I I feel like there's something calling me back to tap into that self worth thing, and I don't know why. <laughs> You go for it. You do you both. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just mean in terms of conversation, because why do people feel unworthy? Well, who 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 talks? Who teaches us that we're good enough? Oh, that, well, we're taught that we're not good enough. Yeah, because you're not. You're gonna put get your name on the board because you didn't sit still like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you're not good enough, and we're gonna publicly shame you. Yeah, we're measured. We're mm-hmm. you know, it's like. We're not just encouraged to be us. We've got it. We're put in boxes. We're controlled. We're managed. We're labeled. We're like the one thing in that post that I was writing, um, this thing about like everyone has their fingerprint, right? No one else in the world Uh will ever have it. And when you think about that, it seems insane to me that we are literally created like one of a kind, never to exist again, the same way. Yet we spend our lives trying to look the same as everyone else, trying to be the same as everyone else. When also, though, the fact is that the trends change every 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Should I? So if you think, what is attractiveness? Should I look like Kim Kardashian? Or should I look like one of these, like, French, you know, models on runway? Yeah. What is that? Like, you know? Mm. That makes me really sad. That's, a, that's like a whole girls and boys striving for this thing that doesn't really exist as well and and it's all pumped into them like the whole happiness is outside of you you're not there yet you need all these creams and potions and you need a six-pack abs and all of the things yeah we actually don't need anything it's very simple yeah yeah 
I feel like that would be such a good um, podcast topic for the next one. You are yeah. already enough. I don't get that one. When people say you're enough, it, it doesn't hit me. Like, I know what it means, but it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to find a different way of you're thinking already, about that one. You're all, you are already awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just don't need any of that stuff. Yeah. And actually, like, what is attractiveness is the people who realize that and don't run around trying. Yeah. Just be. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Okay. I reckon we should probably stop talking because I think it has been quite a while. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. Good luck finding the, uh, doing the things. <laughs> I know. You have to put this all together like a jigsaw, but hey, that's yeah. all good. That's all good. <laughs> the internet's being really good now, so that's good. Yeah. And no. I'm glad it was once me and once you, so I feel like it's yeah. <laughs> not my fault. So for those who are keeping score. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I just didn't want to feel shame and blame. No, yeah. <laughs> no um, shame or so blame. Yeah. Me. This was awesome. Thank you for coming back. I love these sort of conversations, just the realness, the no mask, Same. no bullshit. It's so good and so yeah. important. And I think especially in like the the entrepreneurial world it's so important because it's hard like you know we are we're out of our comfort zone we're pushing we're growing we're stretching and it's it needs to be okay to have these conversations it needs to be okay to feel everything absolutely the statistics for small business owners aren't that hot either in terms of yeah mental health or (laughs) health (laughs) you and I are going to call it um (laughs) And so, yeah, and the environment this year has been rough as shit. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think we 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 can – conversations are really useful. Amen, sister. Amen. High five. High five. Okay, cool. Well, let's do this again very, very soon. We've already got our next Thank topic. You. We'll bring our pyjamas next time. What we should do next time is live Bye. stream this. I'd actually love to hear from uh, anyone who's listening. Would you like to watch us live? <laughs> And you can see all the hand actions Whoa. and the, that would be cool. Would be cool. <laughs> we can like live stream oh. it on, but it would have to be in somewhere, like maybe we'll live stream into my Facebook group or something. That, that would be, be fun because then yeah. we could see people's comments and stuff. Yeah, let's do that. The next That'd be one. exciting. Yeah. I'll be okay. Up and set I'm down. Set a date. Okay, awesome. Sweet. Well, right. thank you so much for your time and your perseverance today. Take care. You too. Lots of love. I'll, so, I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay.